Good morning. Thank you for listening to the Morning KLH. Dave and Doreen, along with Marcus. Time to talk to our Green and Gold Insider, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co-host of Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Radio here in Milwaukee, and a man recovering from an illness. Oh, man. Jason Wilde, good morning. How are you feeling today, Jason? I'm, I'm great. Food does not appeal to me right now. I think I had toast last night, so mm. I'm feeling a little weak, but uh, food poisoning is the worst, man. Now, the good news is, it goes away quickly. So, like, I was able to cover the game on Sunday, Sunday. night, which, were, you know, I made the trip. I would have been really disappointed yeah. if I'd have covered it from a hotel room pull-out bed or something. But right. uh, it was it was not fun. I'm glad my dog loves me because my wife had very little sympathy for me. That was less than what I did felt. you What did yeah. you eat? Did, you don't have you to know tell us it, from where. Just what was it? No, I believe me. I wish I. I, I kind of want to tell you from where mm-hmm. because I'm so bad, but uh, I won't. Uh, it was a Cajun encrusted uh, New York strip, which I don't eat a lot of red meat because I live with two vegetarians and one vegetarian, with the exception of chicken tenders. That's <laughs> Sid. Um, I'm like Sid. You're not really a vegetarian if you eat chicken, right? Um, but uh, selectitarian. So, so that ooh, I'm totally stealing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and Paula then told me afterward that she um, she thought that was a bad choice when I was ordering it. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> um, and, and I'm like, well, why didn't you say something? Like, if you had a, you know, yeah. And and I very, like I said, I rarely get red meat because of them, and I did it anyway, and. I paid a very hefty price. So yes, I'm. I'm. Uh, I had said that one of my resolutions for the year was to lose weight, and the fact that <laughs> the last 48 or so hours I haven't really eaten much—that's it's off to a good start. So there you go. I'm accentuating the positives. All right. So uh, Jordan Love, over the last seven games, says 33 quarterbacks have thrown at least 100 passes. Jordan Love is second in passer rating, first in touchdown passes, first in interceptions, 16 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio in the last seven games, better than Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy. Now, I know that when it comes to being too high and too low, Jason Wildey's the guy we come to to be the grounding wire, but we're feeling pretty good about Jordan Love and the chances of beating the Bears and getting into the playoffs. Should we be feeling this good? Yes. Yeah, you should. Okay. He's been great. Um, you know, I, I I think I said this to you guys a lot of times over the course of the last, you know, whatever it's been, five months. Um, I thought he had a chance to be good. I did not think he would be this good this quickly. Uh, certainly the challenge for him is to sustain it. He has just made uh, light years of improvement from where he was in October. And I thought the juxtaposition of how he played against those guys on October 29th and how he played against them on December 31st gave you a really clear picture of how far he's come out quickly. So that's part of it. Now, I also think there's a couple of other components. I think one, you know, Jordan is a, he's a fantastic teammate. And so he doesn't throw guys under the bus, uh, unlike his predecessor had a tendency to do, which was always one of my criticisms of Aaron, that he would do that publicly. Um, that said, I don't think that he trusted his guys to be in the right place at the right time when they were supposed to be there. And I think that that has happened more and more as these young guys have learned 
how to fit into this offensive scheme. So that's one. Two, I think Matt LaFleur, and this was one of the things I asked both him and LaFleur, was I think LaFleur has given him the opportunity to flourish because he's calling the game much less conservatively mm-hmm. and is calling plays that now he believes both the receivers and the quarterback are going to execute. And LaFleur went back to Pittsburgh. And I remember very clearly that Monday, because, you know, being a Pittsburgh guy like you are, Dave, Mm -hmm. you know, the Steelers won. But I felt like it was just a very different game. Yeah. Right? They they lost the game, but he threw the two picks at the end. And Matt LaFleur that week, even though they had beaten the Rams that previous Sunday, you know, it was such a lame win. Like, the Rams quarterback was terrible. They didn't have Stafford. Um, and it was almost like he didn't trust Love to do anything right. And so it was this very conservative approach and dink and dunk and all the passes were close to the line of scrimmage. And so he had a high completion rate, but it wasn't very impressive. And what I thought about Pittsburgh was he was stepping into throws. He was being decisive. He was going down the field. And the results weren't there, but it was a different passing game. And since then, yeah, he didn't play great in New York, but he did lead them on the go-ahead touchdown drive in the final minute. He's just been a different player. So you take those two plus his light years improvement, and that's why we're at where we're at, and that's why he looks like you know, the, the guy and is playing like the guy over the last X number of games. Okay, so my question is, in his press conference, he did say that we have unselfish receivers or running backs or whatever he said, which then Dave said, you know, these guys are young. How long does it take then the young players to become <laughs> selfish, right? Because the mm-hmm. ego comes in, it happens. Yeah. So are we, is this like a one-off year for them? I think it lasts longer than that, but Dave, you're exactly right, like, you know, the one of the reasons why this is working. Now, I would say that ideally, if, look, this offense, you know, when they hired LaFleur, I remember talking about this with you guys too, the whole idea, you know, I love Mike McCarthy. You know, I, I really do. And and he is such an incredibly good human being and an underrated football coach. Like, I, I, I hope, I hope the Cowboys, first of all, I hope these guys play the Cowboys because that would be fun. Wow, yeah. But the, 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 like, I think he's a really, really good coach. That said, I mean, look what he's done with Dak Prescott. Like, Dak Prescott, with him pl- calling the plays, has been an MVP candidate this year. But the, his offense is predicated on something different. His offense is predicated on you design plays where a, a pass catcher wins his route his one-on-one matchup and the quarterback's job is to find the guy that wins. So you got four receivers. One of them is going to win. You got to find them. Uh, and like in 2011, that worked really well because they had so much talent in green Bay that somebody, or maybe three out of the four or four out of the five were winning their route. And Aaron Rodgers was throwing for 46 touchdowns and four picks and was winning his first MVP. The floor system is it schemes guys open. It's Shanahan, it's McVay, it's all these guys that have proliferated throughout the league. Well, now you're seeing it actually work. And whether it didn't, it, it worked fine when Rodgers was kind of doing his own thing and using parts of that offense. 
But now this offense is being run the way it's designed. And when a guy like Bo Melton, hmm. who I'm fairly confident a fair number of people who were watching the games the last two weeks had no idea who number 80 was previously, hmm. uh, can have the first 100-yard game and is open on a bunch of these plays, including one where he didn't catch the ball, where I thought Jordan threw a bad ball and Melton didn't catch it on fourth down. When that guy is that open that often, when three weeks ago he'd never caught a pass in the NFL before, that tells you that this system is working. And so I think it's possible because Jordan did say, look, he, you know, the, the scheme find, you know, creates open receivers and it's my job to hit them. And it doesn't matter who they are. And so I think that's a really good thing about this offense that allows them to spread it around because you never know who's going to be open from play to play to play. Given this momentum and development, are the Packers the one team that the division leaders do not want to face if the Packers make the playoffs? Look, I would caution. This is where I'm the ground wire, as, as Dave called it. Like They're still very much capable of still losing games they shouldn't. And do I think they're going to beat the Bears on Sunday? I do. Um, did I think they were going to beat the Lions last year in the last game of the year? I did. Um, look, the Bears have, have kind of started to figure some things out, and Justin Fields is playing like a guy who does not want his team to draft a quarterback number one overall. Um, but the Packers are definitely capable of losing this game. There's no two ways about it. Uh, but the way their offense is playing um, and, and the fact that, look, I, they were really good defensively. They did what they were supposed to do, which they didn't do against some other bad quarterbacks. But, you know, they, they ate Jaron Hall's lunch. Uh, he was a rookie fifth-round pick, and I thought Kevin O'Connell lost that game the minute he chose Jaron Hall to start because he was so mad at the other two veteran guys who had experience for throwing too many interceptions over the last several weeks. So he went with the with the young guy and he was he was a complete non threat as a thrower. I mean it was just terrible. So yeah, I was impressive how good they were defensively and Joe Barry's group did what it was supposed to do against an overmatched quarterback, which it failed to do against Bryce Young and failed to do against Tommy DeVito. But I still have some measure of apprehension if I'm a Packers fan about whether the defense can do what it needs to do against the Bears, who seem to at least have figured something out on offense to be more productive than they were in the first week of the season. All right, Jason, thank you for the insight. Great to hear you're feeling a little better, and we'll chat with you on Thursday morning. All right, Cajun encrusted steaks on me next time we're together. <laughs> Can't wait. Yum. Right. I need All to right. lose a few pounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. see you, you don't later. want to lose it that way. Not All that right. way. Care, be good. Yeah, see you later. Jason Wilde, our Green and Gold Insider. Coming off a bout of food poisoning. Man. Up in the Twin Cities. Have you ever had food poisoning? I have. I and have it, not. it hit me right away. It was a sub sandwich and it must have been like mayo or whatever. Or in there. lunch meat could have gone. Yeah. And it was within minutes. Like the whole world was spinning. Oh, man. Oh, it was awful. Jason Wildey, brought to you by Mr. Holland's Home Services. Call them 866 992. 1717 or com. Also brought to you by DJ's Transmissions and Milwaukee Muscle Cars and Restoration. Buying vintage rides rides and muscle cars, visit them online, DJ's Transmissions.com. Jason Wildey, part of the Morning KLH.